<laughs> Welcome to the Quick Stop F1 podcast. My name is Nyasha and you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us. We appreciate that. Joining me today is someone who supported us from day dot. I can't believe she's here. We have fashion, beauty, just general bad boy journalist on the podcast today. She's in her F1 bag now. You can't stop her. Um, shout out to... Fuck me, that is loud. Shout out to the one and only uh, India. How's it going? Yay! I can't there believe I'm like witnessing you know the intro in person like live while it's happening thank you so much for having me <laughs> no it's, it's a pleasure it's an absolute pleasure um um so right now um for for those who don't know because you're multifaceted you're not just putting yourself in one pigeonhole you're here you're there you're everywhere um who are you and why are you awesome because you're awesome yeah. too. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I'm India. I'm currently a freelance writer at the moment. Um, I've written for places like Nylon and Architectural Digest and Teen Vogue and all of these amazing places. Um, and I usually cover fashion, but you know, right now I'm kind of just writing about pretty much anything from fashion to music to culture and F1 and home decor so it's just been really fun to kind of experiment with different types of beats and topics so yeah and no it's been it's been super dope and uh, i think um how i mean for us it was really cool for you to um kind of uh enable oh en enlist us to help you write an article uh last year i believe um uh about about formula one and and i guess the the kind of cult kind of like fandom of formula one uh which was awesome i think it was one of our one of our first uh kind of like magazine kind of not features i guess uh and and then uh you, even this year you've put us in nine magazine for uh was it nine is it nine eight or nine nine ten how many i can't remember how many podcasts were on that list um i forgot to i'm not gonna lie I <laughs> like it's fine it's fine don't worry there's loads of other people on there we were look i know it wasn't like a one to ten kind of thing but we were the first ones mentioned so i'm gonna give a round of applause to us for being number one that's just how it goes that's how it goes guys Number one in the streets and in the sheets, aka magazine. Um, no, so thank you. Um, but before I get into all of that, thank you guys at home for watching. If you are watching, make sure to give us a five star review on Spotify. Make sure to give us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you want an ad free stream, we have a Patreon right down there below. You can get an ad free stream, extra content, and uh, there's a whole new exclusive merch uh, thing on there as well. Um, India. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so India. So look, obviously how we know each other is through um, uh, through F1. So I guess for you, um, how long have you been into F1? I guess how did you get into F1? Honestly, I would say... For like a year now so it was honestly since i started working on that article with you guys that first article about yeah. the cult fandom and pretty much how i got into it was because i started seeing like a lot of editors specifically like starting to post a lot about it but i just didn't have time 
in that, you know, in that kind of time last year, I didn't really have the energy to like 100% invest into it until one day, like I started seeing like F1 started popping up in the articles that I was writing. I was um, a fashion writer at Nylon at the time. And so I was writing about Valentino and I was like writing about a campaign that they did. And I saw Lewis Hamilton and I was like, yeah, okay, I keep seeing F1. So I pitched our culture editor and I was like, has anyone like pitched you about F1 before? If so, like, you know, I would love to just write about like this cult fandom because it seems like their fans are like insane. I would love to write about it. <laughs> and so that whole reporting process, you know, me reaching out to you and like Red Flags yeah. podcast and, you know, that whole like reporting process took me on like a spiral and like a rabbit hole into <laughs> F1. And so by the time that piece came out and by the time like I was, you know, already done with everything, I became obsessed with the sport. And so I was like, okay, like now that was like a perfect segue into it. And I think ever since then, um, I I was surprised at how much I got into it. And, you know, after that, I just kept writing about F1 for, for Nylon specifically. And then eventually other people started asking me, like started noticing and being like, Hey, do you want to write this for us? Or like, okay, I see that you're obsessed with Lewis and like, this sport so it's just been really incredible the opportunities that have come out of it and just like yeah I genuinely love the sport because I'm not I can't say that I'm a sports person but I love (laughs) it's it's crazy right like um I I would wholeheartedly agree in in that when I first so when I obviously I've been watching Formula One um since oh fuck me a long time. 90, I'd say 90, 96 was my first full season. So it's going to be nearly 20 years in a few years. Wowzers. And, um, and, um, but I obviously, it was one of those things where I was on my own and I watched it a lot on my own, right? And uh, uh, even when I was on Twitter, you know, I always say the reason why we have the podcast is because I had all these thoughts about F1 and I was tweeting it out on my main account and I was getting ignored. And in fact, the only person who replied was Tandy. I was like, fine, do you want to start a podcast? And we started a podcast. And it wasn't until I started the podcast that I realized that, yeah, it is very cult-like. I mean, look, we get cult, called Cult LH, you know, when we made fun of it at our live show, and it, it is kind of true. It is kind of true. Like, it, it is a bit of a cult, but in, like, a really... I think the word cult gets used, obviously, in, like, negative ways, but I think how connected people are to their drivers, how knowledge... and the way that they connect through their drivers to sport, that must have been quite an interesting thing for you to come across, especially, I guess, as someone who's not into any sport whatsoever. No, for sure. I think, like, I don't want to compare them to, like, K-pop stands, but, like... (laughs) No, they are! (laughs) They are! Let's let's be honest. (laughs) Yeah, the energy of, like, Formula One fans reminded me a lot of K-pop stands. Like, they were super passionate about, you know, their teams and, like, their drivers that they were, like, really into. And I felt that was interesting compared to other sports because, I mean, like, you know, we see, like, soccer fans and, like, we see basketball fans... And, like, yeah, like, I see them. But there's nothing like Formula One fans, in my opinion. And, like, you know, I think, especially coming from the States, like, motorsports isn't that big of a thing just yet. Like, you know, people go to Indy 
IndyCar and like people watch NASCAR <laughs> here and there, but like it's not something that like is talked about on a daily basis. And I think now with F1, the rise of F1 in the States, along with, you know, Drive to Survive and everything, like it's becoming more and more of a thing. And since it yeah. is such a niche in the States, more people are like, overly passionate about it because they're like i like low-key discovered this cool thing that no one else knows so they're, <laughs> they're gonna be more passionate about you know trying to you know getting into it and also you probably have like some longtime european fans who are kind of like gatekeeping and being even more like passionate about like keeping their baby to themselves so it's just like a really interesting dynamic that i haven't seen with other sports as of late so that's kind of why i wanted to highlight formula one you know as in as many outlets as I possibly can. And I think that's why I continuously, you know, fascinated and, and like immersed in the sport just because like it is so interesting and it's not like any other sport that I've come across. It's not. It's so interesting. Like the K-pop thing. I remember, I remember being on Twitter. This is so bad. But like the first fan cam that I saw, I'll never forget it was a Malcolm X fan <laughs> And I remember, I remember watching this fan cam like a million times. I was like, this is hilarious. But the level of editing on this is fucking insane. And then I went, and then I went kind of like researched fan cams. I was like, what the fuck is a fan cam? And research fan cams. And then obviously going back to like K-pop and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, this is really fucking cool. And then it was, and I think a lot of people ask like how, how we grew Quickstop F1. I think the big reason of how we grew Quickstop F1 is because we kind of tapped into that. And I think we were probably, if I'm going to be honest, the first podcast to really kind of tap into that kind of culture in F1 with these fan cams and kind of editing our stuff to be like fan cams, which I think is now kind of like industry standard. But that really did help us to grow and to get new fans. So it's quite cool hearing, hearing you say that. Yeah. And you know, I was a huge K-pop fan and like, you know, (laughs) even when I was like in middle school, high school, like I was kind of there like in K-pop Twitter when it like first blew up. So I kind of saw like the evolution of like the fandom kind of evolve. Like it's not, it, it went from like, you know, I don't know. It's just really hard to describe it, but I think with K-pop fans, it's just like this over, investment in like all facets facets of like this idol's life from like what they eat when they sleep like the songs that they sing the clothes that they wear the the color of their hair like everything about you know a group or like a specific person they hyper focus on and like the amount of support and the loyalty that you know k-pop fans have to like their specific groups or whoever like it's so intense and I feel you know to see that when I was younger like kind of emerge and then now seeing it become such a norm and seeing it you know influence and impact other fandoms from F1 to you know music other musicians and stuff like it's insane like that kind of I you know that impact that K-pop fans yeah yeah (laughs) yeah no it's a it's a big impact and I think it's I think it's I think it's I think it's super dope. And I guess you know, whenever F one is 
mentioned online you know when you, whenever you know if like a brand does like an f1 style tweet you'll see like their engagement go up incredibly there's a yeah. an airplane uh airplane brand there's a airplane company what do you call flight companies what are they called like what like, like fucking, airlines? What airlines airlines oh, oh my yeah. god <laughs> oh my god there's an airline <laughs> called called Ryanair there's an airline called Ryanair uh which is basically like I think your version of is it Sprint or Sprite like Spirit. like budget Spirit, Spirit thank you right yeah it's your version of Spirit Airlines so in Europe we have loads of them we love that shit like get, get me on a flight for nine pounds I don't care if there's anything um but um there's you know in america you guys are a bit more bougie than us okay and also i think you guys have to fly a bit longer like for us going to like italy is like an hour and a half two hours whereas obviously you guys going from one state to another could yeah. be like hours on end so you want comfort i get it anyway that's neither here nor there so they're right uh had this period where they were just constantly referencing f1 um to like whatever and you their numbers would just go insane do you get that with your articles do you find when you write articles about f1 the numbers on it are just more i guess obviously like compared to like i guess when you're just writing about fashion brands or architecture or whatever like do you do you see the kind of levels that it kind of reaches yeah for sure i feel like there's something so interesting about f1 being written right now because if you're not a sports writer like if you're not with like a sports publication or if you're not a part of like a subsection like a GQ sports or something in magazines there's hardly anyone writing about F1 except for me and one other editor um who I went to Italy with <laughs> recently so it's just literally only us two who are kind of writing about F1 in this like editorial um especially like fashion kind of space and so like I realized throughout the you know the year or so that I've been writing about F1 that a lot of people care about it and even like yeah. if you're posting about it like on socials like on tiktok or something you can literally see like the the views just like skyrocket like i think i post something during fashion week this past season on my just like mm. on my personal account of like nick debris like behind the scenes of nick debris like <laughs> um making a tiktok for alfatari and like yeah. literally i got like i think i haven't even checked the views lately but it was like over 10,000 views yeah. and I was just like even just that I was like I had no intentions of this going viral or like not that it went viral but like getting yeah, that many no but having yeah yeah exactly yeah, no, so course. I think a lot of people it's just like really interesting to see that like a lot of people care and like a lot of people want are interested to see F1 kind of infiltrate you know more mainstream like I had no yeah. idea that Nylon would want me to write about F1 so much until they asked me they're like can you write more about this sport <laughs> since you're the only person we know who like knows anything about it. So it's, it's insane. Like the readership of formula one. Yeah. That is like, uh, it's really, uh, I think it's really cool that we, as a community, I just feel proud. Like, you know, as much as, I get annoyed by this community, you know, especially when they're being mean or they're, you know, they're calling me mean names, whatever. But it is such a fertile community. And I think it's actually, like you say, like, it's 
cool that there is so many little subsections and it's cool that there's like this it's engaged it's engaged more more than a, a lot of things um before i ask you about uh fashion and f1 we're gonna play you some messages from our sponsors we'll be back right after this yay <laughs> <laughs> right and remember, if you want an ad-free stream, all you got to do, sign up to our Patreon for the price of a coffee every month. You can have all of this without a single advert in there. India. Yes. You are someone who's got F1 knowledge and fashion knowledge. The intersection between the two. I could go on about this all day. This is the type of shit I love. I guess let's talk about it from an editorial point of view. What is it about fashion and an F1 then that is, that is, I guess that works for from an editorial point of view? Yeah, I mean, there's just so many like pockets of F1 yeah. and the intersection of fashion. Um, I would say there's kind of like two main things that I noticed. So like, the first thing I noticed is that the rise or like this reemergence of like biker core, meaning like, you know, like the leather jackets to like, you know, like the leather and um, these like really like, I don't, I'm like at a loss for words right now. I'm sorry. I'm like super tired. No, no, that's like, um, like these little trends, you know, reemerge. Even and, like, like the motor core stuff as well, right? Exactly. So like, there's yeah. like so many intersections between like biker core and like motocross and like motor core and just like people dressing up i don't know if it's like you know it's been expedited by like you know tiktok because tiktok always expedites all these like little trends and these like micro trends or yeah, whatever but yeah. um yeah. especially with motor core um i wrote a lot about motor core and to me motor core means like you know f1's influence on fashion so like the vintage like ferrari jackets which i've seen yeah. so many people wear in new york and even when i was in italy so many people it's have ferrari. crazy I it's crazy thinking, guys yeah don't don't spend a hundred pound plus on these jackets i beg you like don't 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 do it they're on ebay get them off ebay whoever's selling them to you for like three times the price they're getting them don't buy them but it's anyway like, it's crazy like people i've seen people in new york like have like their red bull caps and like mclaren yeah. and stuff. So it's like it's really like if you know you know kind of fashion and so i've been seeing yeah. that happen and like even celebrities like bella hadid and like dua lipa wearing like these super chic like um leather jackets that remind you of like the racetrack um, and then the yeah. second thing that I, I saw noticed, Kim wearing some like motorsport yeah. related stuff as well. Yeah, exactly. And the second thing that I noticed about F1 um, fashion is obviously like the the rise of like the driver fashion as well. Um, I think Lewis Hamilton really did have a hand in, you know, pioneering that kind of movement of like, you're not just an athlete and you're not just a driver. You are a celebrity and being a celebrity means that you are visible and like your street style is important. The show, the fashion shows that you attend, you're sitting front row, you know, like everything is like a fashion moment for you. 
And so I think Lewis Hamilton really like brought that up. And so now we're seeing a lot of other drivers on their grid who are kind of trying to not only be super fashionable, but also trying to make themselves unique and not just be an F1 driver, but to kind of be this like well-rounded celebrity. Um, So that's like another like um, aspect of fashion that I uh, investigated as well. Yeah, no, it's it's cool, right? Because it's crazy, you know, the things that, if you ask the average uh, fan, like, you know, uh, there's, there's, you know, there's a great story about Lewis Hamilton when he was launching his Tommy line in uh, 2018 before, I think me and uh, Mario were discussing this the other day before Singapore, um, all of this talk, he'd been to New York, he'd been to China. Was he going to have his head in the game? And then he comes and he absolutely smashes it on the track. And I don't think, I think since then, there's never been this question of can an F1 driver have outside interest? And especially when it comes to fashion, I think you're looking at all of these drivers looking to build themselves as brands, right? Like they, they are, you are, they are not just, like I say, these drivers, they are brands and they are brands that other brands can tacked onto and, and, and you know it's a even in Charlotte Claire I remember in season one of uh Drive to Survive um that Ferrari were in Charlotte Claire wanting to start his own fashion brand and Seb Vettel being like oh no you won't they won't let you do it because of Ferrari like you know we've got our own sponsors and stuff like that but it just shows that you know these are things that they've always wanted to do and uh uh Lewis has always been at the forefront of that how how do you see like how do you see I guess with within i think within these micro trends that we're seeing right now obviously the way that what i wanted to ask was is it like a is it something that you're seeing more and more in terms of like independent merch right like you know um obviously we have merch other people have merch but this kind of i think maybe it is because of the tiktok thing in that 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 way that content creators can have that kind of like direct to um direct to consumer kind of marketing or whatever but the kind of increase in kind of merch led fashion i mean is that the same i've seen it in f1 go up incredibly but is that i guess the same in in music for example like you know which is it's always kind of been like a constant kind of thing but i guess yeah your thoughts on just i guess independent f1 merch yeah no i have been seeing a lot of um f1 merch come about and it's not even you know of course like drivers will have like their own merch line like i think just about every driver has their own collection at this point like that's expected because actually this is like an this is something that i'm writing currently in the article that i talked to you guys about recently um hold on let me get the don't piss me off we're out here some of you men aren't in our calls that's okay we are constantly but essentially um so yeah it's crazy because it's not even just like independent drivers having their merch line but i'm also seeing it like with brands and retailers so yeah paxon is one that like recently launched an f1 line and it's so good and it's always sold out which is insane um you know i've seen like i think abercrombie had like a mclaren t-shirt line actually i bought a mclaren shirt just to have it um (laughs) (laughs) you know and like there's like so many like people sending me like emails of like pitches every day like pr agencies 
and they're like, okay, we're just, we're teamed up with this team, this F1 team for like a t-shirt collection. And we teamed up with this person for like F1 merch. And it's like really insane, like the impact of like F1 and fashion. I think now more than ever, like retailers are starting to realize that F1 has so much money circulating. Like there's so much money in the sport. And so like, they're definitely going to like tap this niche sport because they have so many fans, like loyal fans who are going to buy these $300 t-shirts and like these thousand dollar sunglasses just because it has like their favorite team attached to it. And even if it's not their favorite team, it's like, okay, this is F1. We're finally seeing F1 fashion. I'm just going to buy it just to have it. Like me with this McLaren shirt. I was like, I just want this t-shirt. <laughs> so we're seeing it a lot more like happening so for sure yeah no it's it's uh it's absolutely incredible and i think like uh what were your thoughts on lewis's uh the new tommy hill figure range that just came out we, we saw it emblazoned absolutely everywhere in miami um george was wearing it mick was yeah. wearing it uh obviously lewis was wearing it as well uh yeah what did you what did you think of it i mean i would say in terms of like sartorial what, like how it mm. is like how it's crafted sartorially i think it's like you know what i expected um i didn't expect it's not that i don't want to say that it wasn't anything special but it was like okay this is what i expected from you know tommy hilfiger and mercedes like it was like clean cut straight the point very expensive am i gonna buy it i'm sorry (laughs) i don't need for that but i think more than anything i think what people don't realize or talk about enough is like how clothes are advertised so like it's not even just like the clothes itself but it was like how they were taking pictures of the drivers wearing it. Like it was literally mm. entire photo shoots. Like even Mick with his pretty blue eyes, like wearing <laughs> some like white shirt. I'm like, it's not even, I think like the thing with these campaigns is that they're tapping into like the fans admiration for individual drivers. Okay. That was what I was going to talk yeah. about when I mentioned that I spoke with you for an article coming out is that, Oh yeah, sorry. I took you off because I wanted to talk. And yeah, I wanted no, to talk my you're shit. All there, but it's it, it does it relates to this because I wrote a sentence talking <clears> about how it's with the thing with F one is like it's not just about standing a team because you know like when it comes to like soccer or other teams. Not to say that people don't you know stand individual players, but like it's the team that makes you know they contribute yeah. to the greater good. It's like that collaborative effort, whereas with F1, it's like you're competing against not only your other teammate, like your other teammate is your rival, but also like you're also competing with like your past accomplishments and like your past success. So it's like, yeah. for example, let's say like Lewis Hamilton, like Lewis Hamilton isn't just a Mercedes driver. He's also like competing against George Russell and he's also competing against his like past accomplishments to like do better. And so I think like, like, hitting that mark on like okay like because fans are so invested in individual drivers and everything that they do more than like compared to other sports i think this collection and just like f1 collections in general like tap into that like the fans affinity for the drivers like having these super interesting and kind of weird like photo shoots and like these weird like the way that f1 posts about their drivers as well is very niche in itself and very interesting (sighs) It's like they're tapping into this, like, 
low-key i don't want to say k-pop like kind of like it is the but like how like idol group posts every day all the time like how they interact with their fans that's what i'm seeing in f1 and so like that's what i kind of think when i think about these f1 like merch lines is that they're tapping into that infinity and as long as they keep that going that more people are gonna like be invested in it and like wanting to like buy this product even if it is 300 400 500 dollars so yeah yeah it's it is crazy it is crazy and i think i think what that is is just it's just brands look i've said this about i think mercedes were probably the first team to like tap into the way that the fans talk to each other and the memes that we share and the jokes that we share and the Mercedes admin lurks amongst us and then you know kind of recalibrates that for the you know the main account and then they get those you know I think you know even the other day I think they shaded Lando Norris with uh you know the George Russell race winner kind of thing like do you know what I mean and like the, all of those kind of things they you know and i think i think that's yeah for sure ferrari look at ferrari social media they're posting pictures of carlos and charles like in the ice bath half naked like every two (laughs) business weeks like we know why i'm not saying it's a bad thing keep it coming they're so handsome they're gorgeous but i'm just saying they're so gorgeous it's it's annoying. Do you know what I mean? Some of us grew up beautifully challenged. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I wasn't quite wasn't quite making it there. I had to develop a personality. Okay. I wish I was as handsome as those two. And they're talented. They're fucking F1 drivers. How much do you want? Um anyway, look, that's my that's my weekly trauma dump on you. Sorry, India. Um no, for sure. And I think it's I think it's super dope to see where that is going. Um speaking of going somewhere, this is my segue. <laughs> um so look, you were let's say initially, obviously, lucky enough to be given a brief to go to uh italy specifically to go to emilia romagna area imola for the emilia romagna grand prix which was scheduled to be last week um and obviously given everything that's happening in the region the race was postponed i guess from your point of view that you going out there and i guess seeing firsthand and experiencing you know that i guess being able to witness the devastation that that had happened i guess give us like an uh, i guess an eyewitness account or just i guess your account of what would have been are you in new york I live in Tottenham and honestly like the fire like I used to live like on an ambulance next to an ambulance thing and I would just hear like sirens every two minutes like guys you're embarrassing me um but uh but no yeah like I guess give us like your experience of being in uh being in Italy at that period and especially being in that region because that must have been that must have been crazy for you, man. 
Oh my god. Like, yeah, I think I don't even know where to begin with that. <laughs> like, I'm yeah, like, it's very broad question. Sorry, it's cr- it was crazy. So I would say first off, like the fact that F1 is able to take me places and take me around the globe even like i think i went my first f1 trip was austin last year um yeah like the fact that i'm having opportunities to like travel for f1 which is like my side interest it has been so like amazing and like i've been so grateful um and so yeah i missed out on miami grand prix because don't want to talk about it uh the brand kind of like canceled day off i guess or told me that they canceled day off so um, wasn't able to go to Miami, unfortunately, but I was excited to go to Italy. Mm. Um, and so it was me and one other editor who's really huge into F1. She's great. Um, and so mm. we traveled to Milan. Um, yeah, we landed in Milan. And, you know, from what we originally saw in the beginning, like on the weather app, we just saw that it was going to be like raining, like light showers yeah. or like thunderstorms here and there. And we were in our minds, we we're like, oh, okay. Like, it's just going to be gloomy all week, but like, whatever. And it wasn't until we landed in Milan and we met up with the brand that was taking us to F1 that we realized like the extent of the rain yeah. and like the water because um, the driver, he was a t- our, um Italian driver who's going to drive like two, three hours to the hotel we were staying yeah. at. Um, his house in that region was completely flooded. So he was rushing to like drop us off so he can like go to his family home. And on our way to, like, the hotel when we were in, by the time we were there in the village, you know, we saw, like, the bridge completely flooded. Like, everyone's home, like, down the hill was, like, flooded, completely flooded. Like, I would say, like, it was reaching, it was past the first floor of people's homes. Like, it was insane. And so, like, the hotel we were staying at, like, I really, really commend them because you know, we were safe. We were like on top of this hill, but we didn't know how long we were going to be safe because, you know, our electricity got cut off by the second day. Um, Food was running out. People couldn't leave or like really come into the hotel. And so we were just kind of like, okay, well, our phones are dying. Um, We kind of need to figure out our next steps. Like we were just really like panicked. And so luckily this was like this is such a crazy story when i think about it but so the brand that flew us out was p448 which is like an italian footwear brand and so they officially sponsor or like they officially work with Alphatari this season or yeah the season for like their official sneakers and so it was the yeah. like the original founder he has no hand in this company anymore but he drove hours to come get us from this hotel wow. and we like went to his like olive farm and it was lovely oh wow and he like saved us like we were stranded and we had no idea like we the pure person that we were with had never met this man before but like they literally like saved us and fed us and made sure we were okay and that's pretty much how we were able to get out of that situation and then from there we were able to just go to milan and kind of enjoy the rest of the time that we had quote unquote yeah. like enjoy while we can but you know we got really lucky because you know we were hearing other visitors at the hotel who were coming in for different reasons and you know people were stuck in like their cars and people were like getting helicoptered out and people were saying like 
yeah, it was just crazy. Like, people woke up to, like, the sound of mudslides. Like, it was, like, scary to think that, like, that we we were so close to that devastation. And, you know, when we were driving through to get to the olive farm, we also saw, like, the entire village just flooded completely. Yeah. Like, it was, it was really devastating. No, I'm, look, I'm, it's, um, <clears throat> pardon me, so happy to hear that, obviously, you guys got out, um, and um, I think what was, I think what was crazy about last week was that I'll be honest, I hadn't really heard too much about the flooding until we started to talk about the race. Like it wasn't yeah. like I think I'd seen that. I think I'd maybe like you know if I wasn't into F one, like no one on my non F one timeline. It has spoken about the flooding like it was not something that was kind of like common news and even like on the day of the maybe like tuesday wednesday a lot of the pictures people were showing were pictures of the track and they're like well look at the track the track is you know the track is flooded how are they gonna have a race here right and it wasn't really talking about it was more the threat of rain coming down and you know would they be able to dry the track and 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 so forth um it it wasn't until like people started kind of saying like no the whole area is flooded like seriously flooded i think um uh mario's put a quote in it just to kind of give people like the the seriousness of it uh and i quote uh the deputy governor of emilia romagna irene uh pirolo said eight people were killed and others unaccounted for in flooding that forced the evacuation of more than ten thousand people it's crazy that f1 was considering going there and that it got to a stage where people had parked their you know things in in the place but um i guess it must it, it kind of shows like it was it must have been it must be bad for f1 you know uh a company that notoriously tried to race on through covid that you know no matter where you fall on like the political spectrum the issues in saudi arabia last year were crazy in their own right no matter you know how you view what happened on that day uh for them to kind of take a look at it and, and cancel it that quick you know kind of shows how how serious that flooding must have been in that area you know yeah for sure and i feel like you know yeah like no one at least on my timeline was talking about it but they knew about it because i was tweeting about it and posting on my instagram being like i'm stuck in this flood <laughs> um so uh, yeah, this is pretty serious. And I think, yeah, I don't, that's why I was telling you earlier, I think before we started recording is that I don't think people understand or still don't understand like how insane that flood is because like, yeah, I would say, yeah, by Tuesday, by Wednesday, like the whole area was flooded and like that. And like to also add context, that is like the most rainfall that area has ever received. That was completely unprecedented. And the thing about that region specifically is that the water has nowhere to go. So if it's raining all yeah. week, I think it's raining there still this week too, this upcoming week. Um, yeah, this this week. So, you know, if they're raining two weeks straight, there's nowhere that this water can go. So all the water is going to do is just continue to like accumulate and like go downhill, 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 and just like build up. 
And so I still really feel bad for like the people who are there, the people who have been displaced. Um, feel bad for the people at the hotel that we were staying at because they, the employees were also so scared and afraid because they didn't know like what would happen next and like how they were going to leave. Like they couldn't, it's not that they could clock out because no one else could come into work and they can't leave. So they were just like stuck there. And it was just like, yeah, I think to experience that, like I never have been through a natural disaster before. So I think to experience that it was really overwhelming for me personally. And I did break down a few times just because I was like, this trip and this was my first international trip i want to say like this is my first time out the country oh, really oh so, man for this to be my first time out the country i was just like what the fuck <laughs> um, so it was just like a lot of emotions that i was feeling but mainly just like devastation and feeling um really bad for like the people who were also like affected because we were lucky i mean like we were staying at this really nice hotel and like eating eating good and like we we don't live there, but like to think about the people who live there and like whose homes are completely destroyed, their crops are destroyed, like they have nowhere to go. It, I think that to me, like, really got to me um, while I was in Italy. Just thinking about that. Yeah, it's it's. I think that's the thing, right? Obviously, look for a lot of people, their um kind of their sympathy, kind of starts and ends with you know obviously the f1 kind of disrupted and you know the of of course we can't go there because you know this is bad and it's so awful and you go and you go and that's fine but we have to remember like like you say like these are people's lives like possessions gone i had my roof cave in one day whilst i was away and it flooded it rained and it flooded and my computer was gone. My laptop was gone. Like I, and that was one small thing. Like in one, like during, but which fucking affected me. But that was one tiny thing which I kind of realized. Like fuck, like shit's gone. These people, like their whole, like I say, houses fucked. You know, for, for life. Crops. If your farmer's gone, like you know. You know, in terms of like your livelihood gone, all of the businesses that operate in those areas, all of the all of the people that operate in those areas, it's just yeah, it's it's really sad. So, um, definitely wanted to. I don't know if you saw the videos of uh, Alpha Tauri uh, and Yuki helping to clear up uh, in there, which was which was really cool, man. Like, uh, it must be really cool to see that. Yeah. So we were like, so we were with P four four eight, and we were also like going to interview and speak with you know the Apopari drivers and everyone like we were going to be in like the garage and stuff and so you know we were seeing these videos of Yuki helping out and you know we saw Nick you know stuck in the flood as well like it, I think it was you know crazy to see that you know the drivers were also going through this terrible devastation but to see you know people like Yuki help out was really nice also I think it was not funny, but also just very interesting to see how, like, disconnected people are from reality and from their, like, lobe in their brain when they were saying yeah. stuff like, where is Lewis, you know, during all of this? Where, why is Lewis going to these lavish events? But <laughs> we're cleaning up the devastation. And we, me and my, the other editor we were with, we were like, babes, 
He wasn't even in the region. No one could get out or get in. Like, what do you expect him to do? <laughs> I think that was it's just crazy. Like, so annoying to see. Yeah. I um it was uh it was crazy. Like I I it's crazy because we actually had me and Tasha had the conversation literally like the day before about uh is F1 press racist people using anti Lewis Hamilton headlines to start clickbait stuff and then literally the next day there was all of these fucking like that, that headline about yeah Lewis attends a lavish event whilst you know uh Yuki help I was like oh my god like just how can you be so like the lack of self-awareness of people sharing that in actual like genuine like Oh, it's just how much can you hate a man to expect him to be clearing up in a different, complete fucking country? He's not even there. Um, and apparently George George and Alex shared a jogging selfie. So that kind of shows you the levels of the rest of the grid. Um, and obviously, yeah, there was the where was Lewis when hashtag, uh, yeah. which uh, which was just Lewis. But I think, you know, I yeah, I just I just find it like... There's always, whenever, I, I remember someone on Twitter last, when the Ukraine invasion happened and then uh, people were, someone was like, well, what's Lewis Hamilton doing for like the Ukraine invasion? And it's just like, what, like, what is he? Is he a Formula One driver who should concentrate on his driving or is he literally the biggest diplomat in the world who should be solving world peace who should be literally like a diplomat mother teresa maybe a bit of like barack obama maybe a bit like all rolled into one what do you want from him um those are my thoughts india i don't know if you have anything else to add uh to I that mean, in all, all i have to say is is just where was lewis when jesus was hanging from the cross where was lewis <laughs> like we could go on forever like where I mean, it's just, like, ridiculous because, yeah, to your point, I feel like people don't really know where they stand with Lewis. It's like they want to hate him so much, but they know they love him, but they hate him. They want to they wanna try so hard to, like, hate him and, like, pick on every little thing that he does. And it's like you have such double standards because you're not saying this to other people on the grid. You know, where was George Russell? He was jogging with Alex. Where was... <laughs> Where was anyone else? But yet, when it comes to Lewis, he just has to be, like, this omnipresent person just, like, everywhere all at once. It's like, come on, guys. You just hate him. Just admit that you hate him because he's black. Like, just say how it is, and we can get over it. <laughs> Please! That's it! Like, I just... Oh, I just took a down of this shit! Just Please! Just admit, admit that you don't like him because he's black and he's handsome and he's rich and he's the best driver in the sport and that makes you annoyed. And on top of all that, he's a lovely guy. He's just a lovely guy. He cares about animals. He cares about diversity and inclusion. He cares about world events. 
And within that, you're still trying to find something wrong with him. It's pathetic. And I think, like, I think I saw, like, there was a tweet or, like, multiple tweets of people saying there was a difference between how certain teams talked about the situation. So, like, AlphaTari obviously was, like, on the ground. So, like, they were, like, you know, posting about it a lot more. They were more affected by it versus teams like Red Bull being, like, I forgot what the tweet was, but it was something kind of, like, low-key and sensitive if you, like, took it in that context of, like, the mechanics on the Red Bull team being, like, oh, it's 100% oh. Like, or something like that. I forgot what... I like, think it was a, it was a, an Instagram story post. Um, an Instagram story post of uh, one of the uh, mechanics. I think as they were on their way out, they were dragging their suitcase or something and he said yeah super wet wow red bull again it's it's crazy right you know you're talking about tiktok i did a video about red bull and max and you know i remember saying like this whole team is like the most it's like from top to bottom you can't even say it's like a bad apple the whole tree's fucking run the whole orchard's run Honestly, how could you, in your mind, be dragging your suitcase safely out of somewhere, most likely onto some kind of charred flight to safety, out of a literal environmental disaster, and then say, well, yeah, super wet, in brackets, because you've got to leave a race safely and go back to whatever, you know, go back to whatever life you think. You're off to Monaco! You're literally off to the most pampered fucking lovely place in the world yeah the self-awareness is on zero and it's like i think when they posted that too i was like because i arrived in italy on tuesday so that was when the flood started happening and it was already like pretty bad so i think if they posted that story i don't know i don't know the timestamp, but if they did post it like around that time like you see how bad it is and then you tweet and then you post that on your Instagram story. Like, that's kind of, it's kind of messed up, you know? So, you know, I agree. Like, it is, you know, there's a lack of empathy there because it really did devastate so, so many people. Um, and I wouldn't be posting, like, it's super wet, you know? Like, whatever. Like, I wouldn't be posting that. I was nervous. I was, like, shitting my pants um, when I was there. So, I don't know. I think you're muted, Nasha. I am. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so bad. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. Um, Brad, when he was like, he was too polite to like, <laughs> so he just let me like kind of talk for ages. And then after like 30 seconds, I'm like, oh, I think you're on mute now. Shout out. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Brad. Uh, no, shout out, Brad, because I know you're listening now at some point. Um, but, uh, but no, yeah, look, I'm just, I'm happy that you're safe. Um, I'm happy that um, whoever you're with was safe as well. And everyone, and obviously, yeah, we only wish everyone the utmost safety in, uh, in, in the Emilia Romagna region. I was lucky enough to be around there uh, 2017. I took a, a solo trip to Italy. Uh, I went to Bologna. 
And I got a train specifically to go and see the Senna mural at the Imola track and had a little of a, bit of a wander around uh, Imola and uh, it's a gorgeous area. And it's uh, honestly one of the most one of the most beautiful areas I've ever been to in, in, in the world, let alone in Italy. And um, yeah, it's such a shame what's happened there. And uh, we'll put some information in the description um, for uh, any kind of like, if you guys want to donate to that, if you want to kind of help the people who are on the ground there, then we'll put information down below uh, for that. Um, so India... Yeah. Obviously. Um I say last year, by the time have you watched the Monaco Grand Prix before? I don't think I've tuned into it live. I think I like came into the fandom shortly after. I think my first <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say I, I watched was, was um Japan. The one that I actually tuned into was Japan, I think. The first race you tuned into was Japan. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh my god, you've got so many new things to experience. This is crazy. <laughs> That's so cool. That's really cool. So look, it is your first Monaco Grand Prix. Um how do I I mean from what you've seen, what do you what are you looking forward to? before i talk about i'm looking forward to see like all the upgrades on the cars finally um i think we were supposed to get that in imola but we didn't and so looking forward to see like if these upgrades on the cars actually improve you know the drivers like performances and i also okay it's so funny because when i was on the flight back home to new york yesterday i was watching the live stream of the 2008 monaco Grand Prix. Oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> to it, but like everything, every time I woke up low key, I was like, oh my God, this person crashed into this person. And like this person's front wing was clipped and all yeah, this craziness. Yeah. I think I'm just expecting lots of drama to happen in Monaco. I think we, I really, after seeing the 2008 like Monaco Grand Prix, for example, I want more drama in our races this season. Um, I want more like craziness i want more like clippings of front wings and stuff not to say like putting drivers in dangerous spots necessarily but like of course never just that, drama never <laughs> i think i want more drama if that makes sense so drama. i'm excited to yeah. see kind of like who obviously who makes the top which i'm hoping it's not max but you know <laughs> i'm hoping that it, it's one of those races where anything can happen like i really wish i really hope that it is that race that things happen anything can happen so you know 2008 monaco is a classic okay uh i think lewis won uh he did did. you know he hit his tire on the barrier and then he had to come into the pits and there's people crashing it was raining it wasn't raining let me tell you i mean look i'm not gonna ruin your idea of the monaco grand prix but <laughs> like give me the bad news i'm ready i, I felt so bad what you say all of that and i was like oh my god oh my god that is uh that, that yeah look monaco is uh very special uh 
Saturday is going to be exciting because it is the most uh, important qualifying session of the year. Um, it's very difficult to overtake my Monaco, let's just say that. So the order that they start the race in on Saturday could potentially be the order they end up finishing. So to be on pole position is very, very important. Um, so, but I'm not going to ruin Monaco. I wanted to go in it happy i like, wow, Monaco, <laughs> you, I don't want to give, I don't want to take away your innocence. So we'll do that. Um, what things should you look forward to this season? Oh my God. Okay. So if I was to give you like five things to look forward to uh, from this season, let me just give a, hold on. And I'll mute myself. So uh, I think five things to look forward to this season if you're a new fan, um, what have we got coming up? Okay, so I would say Silverstone coming up in July. Obviously, seeing the British support for Lewis, um, seeing uh, just that track. It's one of, I would say, four, four or five tracks on the circuit where normally it's always a good race because you're able to overtake and it, it's really good. So definitely uh, Silverstone in July, slightly recently hungry, uh, cheap to go to as well. For And I think there's still tickets for people looking to go. T t tiny twisty track, but also draws up some classic racing. So we'll see what happens there. Um, Brazil coming up did you watch brazil last year i did i did are you there because i was quite late so yeah brazil always awesome uh monza is the second italy track that's where like the ferrari like main track so obviously we didn't get to see Imola this year but the support for for ferrari at italy is awesome and then also have you ever seen crazy rich asians yes i have so they race around the Singapore track where that boat is, I think, where they get married. Uh, they race around that circuit there. So you'll see that. And that's a nice bit of trivia for you. Off the top of my head, five things. Enjoy that. Uh, <laughs> take that with you. Um, but no, thank you. I guess if you could... If there's one thing you'd want to see as a new fan this season, or just as a fan of the sport, like what's one thing you're really holding out hope for? <laughs> I mean, Lewis on podium, please. Lewis on podium. I think I just I when I first went when I went to Austin last year, he was on podium and I was so happy. Okay. And so I think just seeing him on podium would help me um, you know, go through the rest of the season with hope. Um yeah. and I think also just you know I think this is around the time we're starting to see a lot of rumors with the drivers. You know, they were saying like Nick yeah. DeVries is going to get replaced possibly. And like all these people. So I think just like the drama of it all, I'm like so into drama. So like, I love yeah. like <laughs> populations. Like I want to see like, is Daniel Ricardo going to come back and like, blah, blah, blah. Like I'm curious yeah. personally to no. see what's going to happen <laughs> and what moves teams are going to make. Um, but no, yeah, I think, Honestly, if I'm being honest, like, 
I guess the number one thing I'm hoping for is that if Red Bull is going to dominate the season, which they most likely are, and they they are right now, I kind of want to see Checo take over and kind of like surprise yeah. us and kind of like really be neck and neck with Max. Um, I kind of want to see him win the championship, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> So, who knows? Yeah, I think that's, like, the main thing I'm hoping for. But, oh, I want to see Yuki and the points this season. Yeah, yeah, And Alex. Yeah. I want Alex and the points as well. Because I have a soft spot for Alex, too. So, hopefully they get some points. <laughs> yeah, no, look. I also... You know, like... I... Uh, Alex used to drive for Red Bull, obviously, and he used to be in the Red Bull cab. So, obviously, like, he had that stench on him. I couldn't really like him. <laughs> but <laughs> but now... Uh, now he's fresh. He's had a, he's had a word. You know, you can see he's dyeing his hair. He's growing into his own personality. He's doing great at Williams. I, like... My, my drivers are Lewis Hamilton... Yuki Tsunoda and Alex Albon. Like, those are my three drivers. Um, I support those guys. So, for me, seeing Alex Albon do well at Williams is awesome. Seeing Yuki do so well and be so consistent is awesome. And I think you can see both of them kind of growing into themselves as these personalities, as these, you know, future brands. And I think, uh, I think it's, I think it's uh, awesome. Uh, Awesome to, to, to see that. So awesome. 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 I think that is a lovely place to end it. Thank you so much, India, for coming on the show. Oh my God. How lovely was that? Thank you so much the, for the having me. No, that's fine. The actual applause lasts for like 36 seconds. It's like in it's like in cans where they're just clapping man for like minutes and minutes <laughs> on end. And it's just just like, like you can just see their faces like <laughs> enough now okay i don't want to put you through that but if i could i would applaud you for minutes on end thank you so much for coming on um where can people find you online and where can people find your work i guess it's all over um but where can people find your f1 work i guess yeah yeah so i write about f1 for nylon magazine so just go on nylon.com and you know, just type in F- Formula One in the search bar and you'll see, like, most of the bylines are mine. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's India underscore Roby, R-O-B-Y. And then I also have Instagram, which is India and then J-D-E. So, yeah, just follow me. Hit me up, whatever. I don't care. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Hit me up, whatever, I don't care. (laughs) Uh, I love it. Um, uh, And hopefully see you at Austin. Yes, I hope so. Prayers up. Hopefully. 
Prayers up, prayers up, prayers up. Well, look, you've been an incredible guest. And thank you, genuinely, for all the support and helping to push our, our podcast. So it means the world. It really does. Especially given you're, like, on the other side of the world. So, well, pond. So thank you so much. Uh, it's really appreciated. Uh, and thank you guys at home. If you've been watching... Let us know in the comments. Big up all the YouTube commenters, actually. I never actually thank you guys. But you guys are always there commenting. I love interacting with you guys down there. If you're watching this, don't be shy. Comment on the ting, bruv. Uh, also, leave us a, uh, a like and subscribe. Five-star review on Spotify. Apple Podcast review. If you don't like any of the adverts, sign up to the Patreon. Bear shit on there. We will see you later this week for a Monaco Grand Prix race preview. This race is... You know what? India's still here. I'm not even going to get into it. We'll discuss my thoughts on the Monaco Grand Prix in the preview pod, which I'll be doing with Mario. Uh, so thank you to you guys at home. Remember, no matter what life throws at you, keep it on the black stuff. Toodle pip. Goodbye. Look, mate, if you've got this far, clearly you like what we do. So here's a link to subscribe to the Quicksub F1 family. Give that a click. And here's another link to some more cool on our channel. Sorry, cool, cool stuff, stuff, stuff. And remember, no matter what happens, keep it on the black stuff. Click the stuff. Click the, click the links. Click the, the link, the links. Click the links there. There, there.